are James, episode number 12 of the Do More Good podcast. We are back again. We are. There's a dozen. We're in a dozen. old money. In old yeah. money. And we're sat outside. We are. Yeah, it's another it's sort, of, sort of sunny, cloudy day, but um, but this is a bit odd. Why? I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable. It's a lunchtime. It is a lunchtime. Yeah. It's a lunchtime on Friday. Yeah. Thursday. Well, it's, it's not it's even probably Friday. Your Friday. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Thursday, sorry. Uh, and we are at the White Hart pub in Southwark. Southwark. Yeah, so way out of our comfort zone, really. Way out of our yeah. comfort zone. I'm surprised you've yeah. got a nosebleed. Oh, you're yeah. oh, we're south. We're in your. We're in yeah, your. I'm, I'm a little bit more comfortable. Actually. Yeah, yeah that's we're right. in your region. We're yeah. in your region. Yeah. Um, good. So, how you been? Good. I'm yeah, very, you know, I was a bit good depressed. again. I was a bit, a bit depressed last week with my bad stuff. But I've got three good things to talk to you about this week. Three, three good updates. So, um, shout out to the Irish restoring my faith in referendums. Lovely yeah, stuff. That was good to see. Um, that was good. And then I've been doing a bit of reading as well. What you can read? I could. <laughs> well, those glasses found, would suggest. I found that you can the dog read, on every page, and um, <laughs> but I've been reading a book about like two non-fiction books. One about rock stars and one about pirates. Um, and um, I thought this was kind of this was kind of apt to I've have basically shoehorned this in so I can talk about these two books. But uh, they're about trends and jumping on on things that are popular at the moment and seeing things before they become hugely popular, and then also not conforming. So breaking and making new rules. Um, where you see fit um, so particularly for those the, the pirates thing they brought in things like universal suffrage and insurance and branding and same sex marriage partly because it was a necessity of, out of the environment they were in um, then they were, they were the pioneers of great social change <coughs> and long before the establishment of which I consider myself to be that's um, good you know caught up on that yeah. and then my final one which I think you're going to like is um, my wife went out two nights in a row uh-huh. on the first night she lost her purse she was very upset about this I bet she was lost everything um, a few too many drinks maybe yeah. and wonder so where she gets that from I have no idea but I have learned from, from her um so the second, then the next morning, I said, "Would well, you look? Just take my bank card." Uh-huh. And she lost that as well. Oh the second night, she lost that. So everything has been cancelled in our house. Uh, we have no access to any kind of finance whatsoever. Uh, but I am drowning in brownie points. <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, hopefully, none of our listeners are asleep after that uh, little, <laughs> little monologue. monologue. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm all right. I'm all right actually. We've been uh, at a bit of a pitch this morning for um, our friends at London Landmarks Half Marathon, trying to secure a partnership with them for the next year's event did you, and, that, and unfortunately you have not worn the same outfit no, to the podcast unfortunately yeah we did we did myself and my colleague Jess dressed up as uh, to kind of represent the theme that we were going for this year and the funny thing was that we walked downstairs after the pitch bumped into another charity and then realised that we were both pitching the same concept yes. but that we dressed up in that style and unfortunately they hadn't yeah. uh, so it was a bit of an awkward uh, standoff there but it was all good but no I'm good I've been away on holiday last week um, went away, spent some time with the family, and just yeah, generally quite busy. Yeah, lots going on. You're looking always. quite, you're looking quite relaxed. Looking quite in relaxed. In t-shirt and your shades on. I in know, the I know. Well, that's yeah. the thing. If you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt, you don't necessarily need to <laughs> need to go need to go super smart. Um, but no, it's all good. So we are back, number twelve, and we have another guest with us this week. Um, Welcome to Sandy. Hello. Hello, Sandy. So, Sandra Luther joins us, and Sandra is... Can can I call you Sandra? I don't call you Sandra, ever. I don't even think my mum calls me Sandra. Okay, we'll stick with that. (laughs) Sandra is here. Uh, No, Sandy is here from um, Blackboard and and, and Everyday Hero, Um, and Sandy is the head of growth accounts 
even though she doesn't really like that job Yeah, title. that kind of makes me cringe every time I hear it. it so does. I think uh, it's one of those random generator titles that I've uh, ended up with. But uh, there's when you're, I'm assuming, like many of your podcast listeners have multiple hats that we're wearing. It's really hard to encompass everything you do in, yeah. in one title. So I've, I've just kind of taken it and I choose to make up different things as I go along. So so Sandy and I have, have known each other for a few years and been working together on, on various campaigns and yeah. stuff and your work at Everyday Hero, but we wanted to bring Sandy on because she's got a bit of an interesting story. She's probably not a traditional London-based charity worker. <laughs> she, you she can my accent. <laughs> she's a pirate. She's a pirate and a rock star. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, yes. I would love to be both those things. Yeah. But, but uh, Sandy, I think I guess what was interesting is obviously you've been working with the charity sector or the or the not-for-profit yeah. sector for a number of years. Nearly uh, 15 years actually, 15 years. Yeah. yeah. Obviously you have a slight twang to your, <laughs> your South London accent that yeah. makes you sound like you're from a different From country. America, I mean if I have bourbon later it goes southern. We so that's... That. <laughs> that um, yeah, so I have worked uh, for the last more than a decade helping charities. Um, I've been with Blackwad for those years and that's afforded me the opportunity to work with amazing organizations and really get involved with um, understanding what they're trying to achieve and trying to help them get there faster. So whether that's through technology, whether that's through um, ideation, like new ideas and new campaigns um, that's supported by our technology um, or just advice. We've been really, it's been really great. It's been a wonderful career. Um, I've loved every minute of it. It's been good. So you came over in what, 2000 and... 2009, 2009, I moved to the UK. I made that big leap. But I arrived you, with two suitcases and a you? heart oh, of dreams. Wow. <laughs> you, but you started your career off with Blackboard a lot earlier than that. And was, that it, always, was it always around the kind of the not-for-profit charity sector? Yeah, well, that's what Blackboard's all about. So right. Blackboard almost exclusively works with not-for-profits. Um, we've now shifted slightly to kind of social good. So uh-huh. we've now brought in corporations, um, CS from a CSR perspective, foundations. So there's a wide remit that Blackboard works with, but everything is about making the world a better place is, you know, the cheesy tagline, but it really is about underpinning everything that we do, whether that's technology, consulting, training, etc. Um, so, so yeah, so I started back in 2004 with Blackboard and I was like the low man on the totem pole, uh, dialing, uh, charities and asking them, you know, about their fundraising database software. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a little bit mind-numbing. So, um, but I got to learn the razor's edge really well at that, that point, and and that kind of started me off on the kind of wanting to understand what it is that charities need uh-huh. and how I can help, kind of, and Blackboard can guide them in that process. Okay. Yeah. And so and then, you, yeah, there was the big move. Yes. Then there was the big move over to the UK. And what, what, why was that? Did, did Blackboard ask you to move, or did you fancy? Um, so I always fancied a move back to Europe. So little known fact, I don't know if Kenneth knows this. I lived in Europe when I was in university, so oh, I really wanted to be back in a European environment. Um, and so when I learned about the, I had always known about the international offices that Blackboard has. So we have offices in Sydney, uh, here in London, Glasgow, um, and then in Canada as well. Uh, I actually worked on the Canadian team for a little while, um, but realized I wanted to be, go even further back into kind of Europe. Um, so that was the reason for me to come over is to try and get closer to like my passion, which is traveling. Mm. So okay. yeah, so I thought, why not live in London and be able to be that much closer? And so working with not-for-profits, and I guess I'm just trying to think about most mm. of our listeners probably wouldn't have experienced North America in terms mm. of not-for-profits and, and the charity sector. Um, what would you say some of the main differences are between 
There's a very big one. Insert all the gross generalizations you can possibly imagine. Um, I think that there's some really interesting compare and contrast. I think the uh, the North American customers and, and not-for-profit sector would really be is quite jealous of the kind of retention levels that exist here in the UK and, and in Europe. And I think also in terms of um, regular giving is quite like inbuilt into society here and regular giving is much lower that kind of sustainable giving is is much lower in the US Um, and Canada actually trends a little bit more closely to to the UK Um, but yeah so I think that that's something that the US is kind of looking at how do we really increase our sustainable giving programs and they look to the European model for that quite a lot Um, and I think but equally here I think there's been such huge success in the US specifically with like the run walk ride events and those big signature mass participation events and I think you know we've just come off the back of London Marathon which is obviously huge and really successful but there's you know aren't as many of those kind of major events here in the UK to really sustain the the sector whereas in the US you have much more of those mass participation events and I think that that kind of um, is is a catalyst for starting a relationship is that partly down to, to land mass that we like can only possibly. fit so many marathons <laughs> into our cities, whereas the states have? Yeah, quite I, possibly. I I, I'm surprised that there isn't more done across like pan Europe wide. So thinking about like Paris being one of the biggest marathons in the yeah. world, um, Berlin has a really strong showing as well. And I don't actually see that much happening like cross pollination between kind of charities in the UK really promoting those kind of European. Yeah. And, and maybe that's an opportunity to kind of look at that. I think it is actually, and I think we, we've seen the last last year or so like growth in those international international marathons. And of course, everyone comes saying, "Oh, I want to do New York and stuff like that." And you're like, "Well, we've got no chance of getting in there." But Paris, Berlin, we've got some really positive feedback from there. And I think that's probably a bit of a trend that we'll see going forward: is that more movement into Europe looking at what those big experiences are. I think are fundamentally there. people are looking for a challenge and, and individuals want to do something you know big and bold and, and a marathon is that big and bold thing and if you're restricted in the number of marathons or things you can offer uh, an individual who's so motivated you've got to think more creatively and outside of like your initial remit to kind of look beyond that and I think that that's going to be something we're going to see for sure. Yeah absolutely so working in, in Blackboard and, and obviously working in London and, mm-hmm. and working in this European team for, for a number of of years you've obviously came across a lot of charities what are you what would you say uh, are some of the kind of the, 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 the biggest challenges that you see charities facing in terms of kind of digital and I think we've spoke a lot about on this show mm. about digital and we had love Dina on everybody loves digital but you know like and, and charities are looking digital transformation is everywhere yeah. but from your perspective and I'm interested from that kind of the vendor perspective about what, what you see though, the, those challenges as being yeah I think you know and I've, I have listened long time fan listen to uh, some of your uh, your definitely in for the merch some of the the past discussions on this point and I think you're absolutely right there's a there's a skills gap that I think we need to work on it's evolving so quickly that it's quite hard to keep up with um, but I think also there's a there's a bit of intimidation for other departments to kind of really grasp digital and think about how digital can underpin all of the different activities that they're doing it it kind of is in this dark corner somewhere that everybody kind of goes oh well the digital team's going to do that or oh we must bring in the digital team if we're going to 
launch this. And oftentimes that's and, and it's fantastic because they're they're great and, and innovative and exciting, but it often presents yet another kind of series of approvals to go yeah. through to try and get an idea off the ground. And and frankly, you don't always have that much time to get that done. And you mm. need to kind of I would love to see more of that digital confidence coming into other departments and other teams that had the ability to recognize, oh, if we do this and actually we're gonna we're gonna run and we're gonna bring people as we're running along the way, which may not be the most sound advice. Yeah. But oftentimes you need to kind of just go fast and, and, and seize those opportunities. And I think that the more we can kind of get more of that skill set and, and comfort level and confidence across a wider array of people in the in the organizations, I think the better off we'll all be. Even in turn I'd be more excited if my job had more empowerment to do those kinds of things and it wasn't sitting with somebody yeah, in the I mean, corner. That's one of the key things that people say that they, they stay in jobs because they are they, they feel like they are both responsible for things and have the power to do them as well. They're Absolutely. Not micromanaged. Yeah. yeah. And to, to get to trial things and play with, you know, as we look at people today need new things to kind of, you know, light up different parts of their brain and you mm. need to be kind of playing with different tools and there's so much happening, but oftentimes we're so stretched in our our jobs as they exist, and this is also going back to why I hate job descriptions and job titles, if I'm so narrow in my focus, then I don't have the opportunity to go and try new things and explore and, and, and come up with ideas that I can then bring back to my job. So I'm, I'm really trying to look beyond what I do day to day and try and find Pirates as influence, for example. Uh, <laughs> see, see, this is the theme. It's, yeah. it's, it's, we should do, we should do an episode on it. It's yeah. Really good. Um, I think that's that's it's it's a really interesting point because I mean, just speaking from my experiences, when 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 we first started speaking to, to you and Everyday Hero, we were a relatively small organisation, mm. and there in a small organisation, it's quite easy to bring together the different stakeholders, right? Absolutely. But then you've got those people at one end of the scale that are in big organisations that struggle to get stakeholder engagement, probably because they're in such a team yeah. and then at the other end of it you've got one guy who's responsible or one girl who's responsible Swamped for with, fundraising yeah. and has to do absolutely yeah. everything um, and so it's really contrast so I guess that must be quite a challenge for you working with different size organisations and it is. trying to figure it out and I think that's where we're really and one of the things that we've talked about this Kenneth a lot I'm really quite proud of the fact that when we work with an organisation we really see us less as a vendor and more as a partner let yeah. us understand what you're trying to do let us try and understand what your objectives are and if we can help you achieve that and remove obstacles to ultimately make you and your organization more successful then let us do that for you but it takes having that more um, involved relationship that isn't kind of a fly-by-night vendor yeah, relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. we really are invested and we have a shared partnership if you're successful then we're successful but otherwise you know it does us no good to to you know give something and run away because actually that's not how we a, we're, it's a how bit, we work um, echoing what uh, lucy was saying last uh, last time what was that three weeks ago yeah. uh where you take some take a new product and take it out of your usual processes and restrictions around what you can do what are the problems here let's take those away mm -hmm. get it up and running and then maybe then make it compliant and then make it fit with <laughs> ask everything. for forgiveness not Ex for uh, approval yeah permission, <laughs> permission that's it that's yeah. it yeah. i'm always making the wrong idiom and moving them together but yeah that's the one i was yeah. talking about yeah. so yeah much easier to just go forward and then you know then you have an opportunity to say oh it worked and now actually if we put this much more into it it can be even bigger and better or it didn't work but we tried and actually the risk was we you know you're always managing the risk profile right you're always managing to to take calculated risks rather than being reckless which i think is really important especially in our in our sector but i think that 
sometimes people don't think about, they, they avoid all risk rather than those calculated risks. Yeah, yeah, and that's, yeah. I think, to the detriment yeah. of what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to get out your crystal ball now, Sandra. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and I think one of the things that I've always seen, Blackboard and obviously the recent acquisition of, of just giving and, and knowing Everyday Hero and, and what the organisation stand for is very much about tech for, for good, as, mm -hmm. as you said. Um, and obviously some of the, the charities out there and, and I guess speaking from experiences we don't necessarily have that much of our finger on the pulse in terms of technology like we, we like to think we do and, and, and of course we work with we're it but, miles behind, but we're restricted way. right yeah. we're restricted in terms of resources and, and bandwidth and, and mm. all those kind of things yeah. so I guess we look to organisations like you guys to tell us about where are things going mm -hmm. so can you give us any view on some of the things that maybe you guys have seen in, in Europe, in the, in the UK, and, and, and yeah. things that are going to manifest themselves over the next couple of years, or any trends? Yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned kind of virtual events early earlier, and I think that actually that's something we've worked on um, a lot, and it's something that's actually proved really interesting and engaging across this sector, and actually has now gone into kind of Austra our Australian and our US marketplace. Can I do uh, not, yet. Not, not yet. <laughs> soon, soon. Any we'll Canadian have... listeners out there? The pirates are all over it. <laughs> we'll we'll smack yet. some maple leaves on it. It'll be great. Um, so, so certainly, and, and I think there's a few reasons why virtual events work really well today in the environment we're working in. And I think it is that idea that people want to have more ownership mm -hmm. of what they're doing to support the causes that they care about. Yes, there are those people that are just out for the challenge and want to run the marathon or do something really bold. But there's a, a wider pool of people that actually need a little bit of direction, a yeah. little bit of a point in the right direction, and then they actually will take it and run with it. Yeah. And I think Running Down Dementia has been a beautiful example of that, yeah. um, of seeing people really make the challenge their own, but actually it's still under the kind of uh, umbrella of supporting the underlying and the strategic missions of the organization. And, and I think we're going to see more of that. I think we're going to see more of these empowered individuals or empowered groups of individuals that are going to demand that kind of opportunity to support the causes that they, they care about. And we're already seeing that. If you don't give that to them, they're going to find it somewhere else through yeah. the likes of crowdfunding. And they're going to go and find something and do it themselves rather if they don't feel that they're getting the opportunity or the support to do that through yeah. the causes. And I think that's a big wake-up call that charities in this space need to be mindful of and need to be looking at is how do we become more dynamic? How do we become more supportive and, um, and flexible in kind of giving these people the support that they need, but also allowing them to flourish and do what they want to do that ultimately will help our organization. And it, and it is a different, it's not just a button, there's a different way of working as well to be reactive to, to uh, your supporters' needs and wants. Absolutely. Um, you need to change of, change of mindset, really. It, it is a mindset, and it's also about having the right kind of infrastructure to support that, yeah. to make it easy both internally and externally because you have these people that will go out and do something on their own, but if they don't feel supported, they're not likely to be as successful, which means they're not likely to do it again. Yeah. Whereas if we can make it easy for you internally to support those kind of uh, or, you know, opportunities or activities, then actually you're going to better support that individual or group of individuals. They're more likely to be successful. And there you go. You've got great word of mouth advertising. You've got great kind of you know, relationship and brand building and brand awareness, but it's actually done through a much more organic way than than through a very prescribed stronger ROI. Mm -hmm. If you're not paying out, absolutely. For, yeah. 
And I think that, you know, and it's it, it, it's varying degrees. I think it's a sliding scale of how organized and how controlled an organization should be in that. And therefore, they have to invest in things like the marketing costs and some of the material around that all the way down to, you know, hey, we're going to, you know, support you, give you advice, but actually you're going to go and run with it. And we've seen some of really great, like there's there's some really great kind of organizations and, and really high net worth people who are doing these things off their own, you know, with their own money, with their own resources and their own networks. But actually, they're doing it so independently that it, it's really all the organization gets is a check. And actually, that's a missed opportunity. Back to that point we, we were just talking about, about people in your team feeling autonomous, but yet empowered and yet they're doing a good thing. Mm-hmm. They're going off and they're doing whatever they want and yet still yeah. feeling thanked and loved. And yeah. and, if, and, and the, 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 I guess the idea, utopia or the idea is to try and bring that together somehow. Try and create some sort of link and some sort of connection so that ultimately you're not impeding their amazing work, but actually you're still, you know, your message and your kind of story is still there. And, yeah. and, it, and it, it, it evolves with them, but actually it still comes back to what they care about and ultimately what you're trying to achieve as an organization. I think the, the, the virtual events for me represent a real kind of a trend in society generally where we've all got less time. Yep. We've all restricted in terms of what's the difference between work and, and home life you know we're all trying to kind of fit things in and time is the most the most precious thing that we all have and I think why virtual events have, have worked for Alzheimer's Research UK is because of that it's because people can pick it up when they want feel like they're doing something good as you say they're all they have autonomy in terms of what their challenge is but it's really I think one of the best examples of how the fundraising sector has embraced digital mm-hmm. um, in, in, in you know in terms of putting together virtual have you thought about one yeah we have have you yeah and, and uh, for the past year we thought wow oh, we're behind the curve we're behind the curve on this and now like, we, we can barely see the curve like we're no. so far but yeah no. we, we have talked about it and that is actually a conversation we're having this afternoon really? around how we can boost some of the things that supporters have done mm. they have set up virtual events on our behalf yeah, yeah, yeah. so how do we help them promote that across our wider networks and yeah. keep that going and I don't think it's about being behind the curve this is brand new I mean yeah. you know even though there are some examples of this having happened for years you know we've got an organization in Scotland that's been doing a virtual event for nearly 10 years but they've been doing it in their in their you know in their local community yeah. and it's been something that they've brought people back for um, and they don't need to scale it's it's working as it is as yeah. it should be but it's you know there's there's heaps of opportunity out there and I think the underpinning culture and shift in kind of the, the way that people interact to Kenneth's point and, and I think is not going away and so we have to learn like you said we have to learn how to better support them in order to kind of be part of that relationship moving forward otherwise we risk them going out and doing things and not thinking about us anymore and moving out and doing it for someone else or something else mm. and I think that's a big risk so just to change direction a little Ooh. bit going back to uh, back to you Sandy oh no oh, let's no. talk more about other things just talk about you <laughs> so one of the things I guess one of the themes that um, uh, that we've tried to kind of cover in 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 the podcast so far is around kind of personal development mm-hmm. and around thinking I know we've had conversations yeah. about this uh, during the time we've spent together but how do you how do you approach personal development personally I and mean, is there any kind of tools or tactics that you would yeah, say this is interesting, actually. Having work stayed really within well. the same organization. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Basically, I try and annoy the people that I want to uh, emulate. <laughs> so I become yeah. I become quite a pestering uh, person in their ear to to get their advice. And and I think for me, I don't. Um, 
I, w I would love to say that I had like a mentor that has guided me, but actually I've just built up a lot of relationships with people across lots of different departments and lots of, and not even just at Blackbot, of course. I look outside, I look at the industry that I work in, I look at, you know, personally things that I'm really passionate about, and all of them I feel like you can learn something from yeah. and uh, and bring to your, bring to whatever it is that you're doing. And so I think it's been about, less about one person guiding me or helping me, but it's actually been about taking a lot of influence from a lot of different people. I mean, my biggest uh, sounding board is actually uh, my aunt, who was a global project manager for Xerox, so a completely different industry, yeah, yeah. but actually just looking at how she navigated those kind of waters has been really interesting and actually even 20 years later is still really relevant so that's been really fun but I think equally looking more like closer to where I am trying to identify who are the people like people that you've had on your podcast that I find are really interesting I I follow their work and I you You're know read their pro. blogs that's good. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah so I think that it's just about picking up inspiration wherever you can and not and giving yourself time to do that I think we are all so overworked that I really have to make a conscious effort to carve time out to yeah. read different articles and and you know I try and do things like you know follow certain people on LinkedIn or I'm terrible at Twitter but you know different places where I can try and consume or curate more content so that I, in the precious time I have I can actually get some some quick inspiration that's an interesting point about multiple mentors that's good because everyone a mentor finding a mentor is obviously number one point on development uh, actually finding multiple yeah. finding different people at different stages and it's really it's such a personal relationship yeah, that it yeah, takes yeah. a long time and a, it takes a lot of time and energy to cultivate on both sides I've had people approach me about me being a mentor and, and it's hard and and I think that it's it can't be forced. It has to be conversational, like you guys. It has to be quite, you know, and you'll get something out of it, and maybe you don't meet for, you know, three or four months, but then when you come back, it'll yeah. you'll pick right back up. And you're actually, now at a stage where your people are coming to you and pestering you, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm. Like it's us. karma. <laughs> yeah. But it's good, and I love it. And I think the more that you know, the more that we can help people come up behind us and 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 be successful, I think the better, the more you surround yourself with great people that are excited and energetic, the better. So that's the key, is it? So somebody that comes to you, they need to be excited and energetic and passionate about yeah, what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they make their pitch to you to ask for advice. I think, I think, I love a good, I love to problem solve. That's been, every every job in my career has been about problem solving in some capacity. So I think that that's, I love to unpick a problem. So that's the number one. But they also have to really be, like, they have to care about what they're doing. Um, and I've, I've had people approach me and I've said to them, I don't think that what you're doing is the right thing for you based on what you're telling me about yourself and what I've observed about you. And that's Ouch. tough. I, I, like, I like what you're saying. <laughs> I remember that conversation actually was pretty great. I like what you're saying and actually what just resonated is about kind of paying it forward. Like yeah. I always think back to kind of my early career and ongoing and like, you know, the mentors that I have now or mentors that I've had in the past or people that have inspired or have given mm. me their time. And actually it was almost like paying it forward. And Absolutely. so, you know, I think we should probably all embrace a little bit of that. Like, you know, if there's, if there's, if there's people out there that are saying, oh, I'd like James to tell me about pirates. No one and, has uh, ever asked me for any advice. Here we I'm, go. I'm Here's the request. I'm, I'm keen on the Hawaiian shirts. But yeah, paying it forward, I think, is de de definitely, definitely. But a it's, good it's also not just the people that I want to emulate. It's, it's, it's having those conversations. Actually, I've learned a lot from people that have come to me for advice and actually in talking and having that dialogue and that's where the relationship is really key is you'll learn something from everyone you encounter yeah. I've even learned something from you guys well, so yeah. you know I was going to ask you about earlier um, yeah. was about you were talking about uh, 
um, looking for inspiration elsewhere yeah. and thinking differently and your chat that stood up at your... You're going to ask me to talk about somebody in particular, aren't you? <laughs> no, okay, no, no, no. I was more going to say, how do you... I think we all turn up on a Monday morning, 9am, mm. you know, Kenneth rocks in about quarter past 11 wearing <laughs> shades, but we all turn up and you just get straight into it. How do you carve out a bit of time to think differently uh, without necessarily spending your weekends trawling through yeah. uh, blog posts, Good question, yeah. blog posts. Yeah. do you put in meetings do you find you know do you, like, as in fake meetings do you fake try an hour just to go and do a bit of research or I, you, you make me you sound like I'm really in demand. I don't know if I'm in that demand. Um, I do carve out time. So I do try and, you know, find pockets in my diary that I... Um, look how British I am, my diary. Um, I try and put pockets what of would time. It be? What calendar. Would it be? Oh, okay. Sorry. I had to really sh shift and say calendar diary. Okay. Um, so I do legitimately put kind of block off time, um, an hour or two that I, you know, use as just... Res and I kind of call it research. And, and essentially I'm just going out and kind of going into the deep, dark inter webs to kind of click on different links and find out where it takes yeah. me. But I start with a series of, you know, people or um, institutions that I really like and, 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 and admire. So I'm always checking, like, you know, sector news, and then I'm also looking at, you know, authors that I really like or um, journalists that I really like, yeah. and, I, and I kind of start there, and then I kind of then go, you know, as we all do, start clicking on links, and three yeah. hours are gone, and that hour of research I've set up is now, you know, yeah, <laughs> I'm late for a meeting with Kenneth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He'll be later. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting because I have a, a wonderful team who at nine o'clock at night will send me, a, we have a WhatsApp group that is, you know, active all the time, mm. uh, usually about me being late to meetings. But um, they'll send through, I just saw this, I really like this, or I just spotted mm -hmm. this on TV. Have you seen? I'm aware that that doesn't happen everywhere. Yeah. So it isn't necessarily about so, so carving out time yeah. to actually do that stuff where you you are. But it's about sort of working, finding it and sharing it, which I think is really yeah. good. We use Slack internally, so we have like different channels set up, and so if you see something of interest, you can kind of you know, whack it on the Slack channel and then it kind of then becomes something that somebody else might pick up. So that's actually one of the places yeah. I go and search, see what have people shared and what have people posted. I think it's a really, it's an interesting point though about, because some people approach work and I think these people are probably becoming the minority where it's nine to, it's eight yeah. to six, right? Yeah. Like that's the only time I want to think about work. Yeah. Where actually for me in my career, I've probably the last 15 years, work has kind of blended in with and, and probably much to the annoyance of my wife on occasions yeah. and, and my kids because I must admit I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes not great at that and I know again we've spoke about it before yeah. but I guess like thinking about the future it almost feels that that's got to be the way that it's going to go like having that nine to six attitude I don't know something just doesn't you it's know, not how it's we. It's fine. How, I, how do people switch off? How do you, uh, you know, answers on a postcard? Yeah. Uh, no, and I'm all up I'm, for switching off, but yeah. I guess it's just like we're talking about now about saying, okay, if you spotted something in the evening that you wanted to share with your team, yeah. you know, and and you've got Slack or you've got WhatsApp, do you post it then or or again? You know, do you do you send it an email and, and delay it until <laughs> eight o'clock on the Monday morning? Yeah. I, you know that kind of whole bit. But I'm, I'm a little bit. It's all a bit grey for me at the moment. I'm not sure where. That's I see what you happen. mean, and I think it is important. That, you know, and there's all this discussion about kind of having a healthy work-life balance, exactly. and I think that exactly. that's really important. Yeah. And you do need to have the the checkout and do, and I think that's where you know having something you're passionate about, having something that's outside of work that you know you can kind of release and undo and 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 go unwind on is great but actually so much of our jobs and I think definitely the way that people today and I think uh, you know 
careers evolve is very much it's 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 24/7. It doesn't mean you have to be on 24/7, but it means that you have to be receptive to inspiration. Yeah. If you care about what you're doing, maybe that's it. If you care about what you're doing, then you're always looking for those nuggets that you can kind of yeah. either absorb or share. It's, it's not necessarily a an, an active thing that it can be. You, you, you're just passive, always yeah. interested. It can be passive. Yeah. yeah. You you always, be thinking, always working. Right, always working. we're getting to 36 minutes. Oh no! We'll blame that on James's poor pirate story at the start. We had about a 10 minute. <laughs> I rather about, liked it. Uh, yeah, I like the pirate. I like no, the I like the pirate story. It's good. I'm gonna read that. I've been to a read pirate that. museum before. I can tell you where to go. A what? Um, there is one in Charleston, South uh, Carolina. Yeah. Put it on the list. The original Blackboard founder loved pirates, and he like bought and, and curated a bunch Steve, of pirates. Steve Jobs, famous, you know, massive. Hu- I don't know if you know okay. who Steve Jobs is. <laughs> Never heard. Huge, of it. You know, um, massive global. Yeah. He said, "I'd rather be a pirate than join the navy." Oh. That attitude of wow, wow, rebel, breaking rules and changing yeah. things, and then and then. But but I think the the key <laughs> just to go back to the book. <laughs> <laughs> the key thing is you don't just break the rules; you break the rules and then you recreate the rules. Yeah. So right. Okay. This can be done That's better good. this way. It's not just a good book. A disruptor. Really good. That sounds it great. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, no, no. But Sandy, we were going to give her, her st- standard questions. Oh, eh? no. the, uh, we need like a we need a little jingle for this part. Production value on our podcast is low. I mean, especially yeah. with the, the garbage trucks going by today. It's yeah. great. Motorbikes as well. <laughs> 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 Airplane, yeah. helicopter. Um, okay, Sandy. So here we go. Okay. Question number one: yeah. If you could place an ad on Facebook across the world for one day, what would it say? Ooh, I feel like I've already seen somebody do this. Not okay. your podcast. I mean, I feel like everywhere I look, every time I log on to Facebook right now. It's if you can be anything in the world, be kind. And so I feel like somebody's already beaten me to the punch and has done that. And I love that sentiment. I don't know, it's everywhere. It's on t shirts, Facebook advertising has gone crazy. And I'm getting the same like exact same quote it's, on t-shirts coasters yeah, posters it's, kind of, it's an Oliver Bonus thing isn't it it's like about work hard play hard be kind be kind, be kind. and do you know what I think as cheesy as it is be kind we're all just trying to be happy and do Sandy I'm a bit good worried things. as to what that means about the profile of you on Facebook like, does that mean that they you're think... not kind at the moment oh come on targeted. now and you're targeting <laughs> find <laughs> unkind people and make them kind yeah that's definitely it <laughs> Okay, good. Uh, what advice would you give to someone looking to progress their career in the not-for-profit not charity if sector? If Keith Williams came to you now and said, I'm looking for progress, what would you say to him? Uh- Oh, Keith doesn't need my advice. Uh, he's a rock star. Um, I think that we talked about it earlier. I think it is about you know looking for inspiration, meeting people, networking. I think I think it's really difficult. I, maybe it's just me. I don't think there's one thing that I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about lots of different things. So I think finding the things that interest you and finding people who can help you with those things, great. But then be willing to kind of keep that and evolve with that. And I think that that's is that an answer? I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, it is. I guess yeah. I got, just to follow up, how, how do you find those people though? I think that's what some people, you know, some people want to be led, mm. you know. Yeah. It, you- it's a lot of awkward introductions, I find. Um, you know, going to those like meetups and bar camps and conferences and, and really just kind of putting yourself out there to say, hey, I'm Sandy and I'm interested in X. What can, you know, what are you here for? What are you hoping to get out of the day? And then kind of understanding from them. It never hurts to say hello to people. Maybe no, that's the American in me coming out. No, but. no, no. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a good one. Okay, and then the last one. Uh, what one supporter story sticks in your mind and why? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me this. Um, oh, and we need to change up this I one. know, I know. And I tried to really rack my head around this one. Um, 
Do I do one that is, you know, more... Well, have you got a safe and a not safe one? <laughs> yeah, go with a not safe one. We prefer the not yeah, safe one. Oh, I don't know if I can think of... No, I, I can't say that one. Um, I think that one of the best supporter stories I saw recently was... Um, this kid who basically set up a lemonade stand and you'd think oh like a lemonade stand that's not you know but and maybe this might be American I don't know if you guys do lemonade stands here it was to be fair it was in America that I a, a, a campaign that I saw but he he legitimately just set this up and it was such a sweet you know he'd written you know why he was set up a lemonade stand what the money he was going to do what what he was going to give the money to and he ended up getting people paying him five dollars instead of the ten you know ten cents he was asking for for the lemonade and he ended up taking this huge wad of cash you know to the cause that he cared about and it was just such a lovely and if, if you just steal it down he had a he had something he was a story he was telling he invested his time and energy in it he made it approachable and easy and it just he told a great story and actually it was authentic it was authentic yeah. and it was just beautiful so yeah. i mean obviously we have to think bigger than lemonade stands, but in this kid's case, he was, you know, so, trying to raise a couple quid and ended up raising, you know, several hundred. So, like, yeah. it's a it's a lovely story, that and it something. has now, yeah, hopefully, in his head, said, I can be a difference. I can make a difference in the world. I can do what I want to do and make make things better. Yeah. And that's great. That's a great story for kids to, to know. Elon Musk. So, yeah, so that's a, that's my answer. That's my safe answer. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good one. yeah. yeah. We'll find out about your unsafe answer off it. Yes. Yeah, very good. <laughs> uh, so we do um, want to do some takeaways. Well, I've scribbled two things down. Um, I, I like the idea of multiple mentors. That you don't feel like um, you have to have one throughout your entire career. Like, chop and change them, and take different things from different people, and um, let them. You know, you're, as, as you overtake your mentor <laughs> in your career, then find a new one. That, yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely picked up on that one as well. And I think actually something else you mentioned about kind of looking for inspiration every day like mm. you know if you kind of got your radar to different things like spend that five minutes just exploring that cool thing that you saw on Instagram yeah. or that story or that that article I think just kind of keeping that mindset about being open mm -hmm. to ideas and new new horizons is always is always a good one um, yeah um, I've got carving time out as well so um, I saw something the other day, un unrelated to this, but about booking in meetings with, uh, you know, fictional meetings, <laughs> where you can just do that, that you yeah. can spend an hour, if you, you know, if you don't have the evenings to do that, and you don't have the weekends, you know, good for you if you have a social life, mm. fair play, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous, um, but find a little bit of time booking an hour a week just to go and find other stuff that you can do. Yeah. Sandy, yeah. have you got anything you would like to leave the uh, three listeners that we have uh, <laughs> with? <laughs> um, I mean, I think those, those takeaways, I think the big thing that I would love to say is, you know, A, thanks for having me. This you has been are, really fun and so it's been great to, to talk with you guys. Um, and I think definitely look look out for, you know, have make friends talk to people and you'll you'll always be surprised at what somebody what little gem or nugget somebody's gonna you know put in the conversation and it, it it'll surprise you, you yeah. if you just start having more authentic conversations and genuinely listen to responses actually you'll be amazed at what's come what comes out of it rather than a perfunctory i have to ask you these questions and yeah, yeah, i'm gonna yeah. you know i think actually having that conversation is really really great and the more more we can do that with each other the better i really yeah i really like that actually i read something this week about a woman that was uh, a free freelance designer or something and she got talking to a guy on the tube 
Do you Londoners talk to people on the tube? Uh, occasionally. Okay. Uh, she got talking to a guy on the tube, and it turns out that this guy was looking for a, you know, and it turned it, anyway. One thing led to another, and, and she ended up getting this great job with him, and, and it was just a conversation on the tube, and Absolutely. I was like. Yeah, it's, it yeah. rings rings true. Yeah. Never not, know. You, you never, never know. know. I'm not going to endorse conversations on the tube. <laughs> <laughs> it's more people talk on the tube more than they talk on the train. The train is a no go. Yeah, well, Whoa, but the tube I feel like is a little bit friendlier or drunker. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not down with. <laughs> Isn't a bus commuting conversation? Are buses friendly or not? No, no, no buses aren't friendly. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Carve out time. Carve out time. Conversations <laughs> that are outside of commuting hours. Good. Kenneth, what are you up to this? Um, this weekend I don't know what day are we on today so Thursday Thursday, Thursday. Uh, I haven't got a lot planned this weekend I think I'm going out with catch up with a few friends on Saturday evening and then children's party and kids football and everything family living the dream and then some busy busy weeks uh, yeah at work we've got some we've got lots lots going on as always but um, excited about excited about everything yeah, yeah. by itself just cancelling bank cards <laughs> <laughs> yeah wait for you bank cards carving out a bit of time oh. finding pennies in the Pen- couch exactly yeah trying to get by you must have saved a fortune though not having a bank card for those two, two days, days. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, yeah probably yeah. have yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a good when my, when my yeah. contact donations started, are welcome just you know <laughs> pay into my PayPal account Thank yeah you. when my contact was started stopped working for a couple of days I saved so much I yeah. can't can't spend anything. Oh dear. There we go. Well, look, Sandy, thank you so much for joining us. We thank really appreciate you guys. it. This has uh, been fun. Where can people find you if they want to make contact? Um, so I am on Twitter at Sandra Luther. Uh, Sandra. Oh, really? Sandra. 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 No one calls you Sandra, do they? Well, on Twitter. Yeah, on Twitter, you can call me at Sandra Luther. I'm happy to, to talk to people there. And on LinkedIn, you can DM me, message me. Um, Facebook, Instagram. You've got a strong Instagram game. Instagram game? Yeah. Only if you're an approved follower. Oh, then that, okay. Oh, you're an approved. I must be approved. That's the best compliment we've ever had. He didn't even know that I was on his Instagram. We need to do more good Instagram. I want a strong Instagram Your Instagram game game is full of uh, men's bums. Uh, Yeah. Dear, I don't think I'll be following you. <laughs> probably, should, probably should just explain that one. A yeah, bit we'll more. leave it there. Okay. <laughs> and I can, like find, I can find you at... Um, uh, KenF81 on Twitter. KenF81, I'm JW uh, Events. And we've got Do More Good Pod and www.dodomoregood.uk. Do we're, we're getting it. better at this. We <laughs> are. And merch well, look, to come. And merch, merch to come. Some interesting guests hopefully the next couple of weeks and yeah. we'll try and get these things out a little bit more. Right, well, let's leave it there. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you, Sandy. Cheers, we'll get back to work. Cheers, James. All right, mate. Take care. Cheers. Bye.